Say please and thank you. Now, you don't have to say please and thank you, but I'm glad some of you did. But that's what my mama used to always say. She'd say, say please and thank you. That's what she would tell me whenever I'd go out in public because she knew that without that, I was just a savage. I'd just take whatever I wanted and never say thank you, right? But what I've learned about saying please and thank you is that there's a world of difference between being polite and having gratitude because we say the word thank you all the time, but we don't really mean it, right? So like when you go to the dentist office and you're sitting there listening to that awful music and you're just waiting for your teeth to get drilled on and then they come and they say, hey, the dentist will see you now, what do you say? Say thank you. Do you mean thank you? No, you do not mean thank you. You say, oh no, here we go, right? So you say thank you, but you don't mean it. We've all been in traffic where the person in front of us is on their phone and they're looking down at it instead of the stoplight. In fact, that was me this week. I was actually the one looking at my phone instead of like looking at the stoplight. And when somebody does that to you, what do you do when they finally look up after you've been like honking and like, you know, waving at them? They go, what do you say? You say, thank you. But do you mean thank you? No, you don't mean thank you. It's just something you say. And if we're honest, sometimes when it comes to Jesus and the cross, sometimes we say thank you, but we don't really mean it. We just go through the motions. And so as we were thinking about Kairos this Holy Week, we want to just press pause and say thank you because Holy Week can just come and go without us really expressing our gratitude to the Lord. It just is like a normal week. And then on Sunday, we're wearing pastels in our best. And that's it, right? And we don't want to miss it this year. Jesus gave us a symbol to say thank you. On the night that he was betrayed, he instituted the Lord's Supper. Now, Lord's Supper, if you've been in church, you've probably taken it, you've been a part of it. When I grew up in church, man, Lord's Supper was my favorite, not because I knew what it meant, it just meant that we had a snack in the middle of service. And I was like, yes, thank you. Like, I was like losing blood sugar. Like, this is great. And as a pastor's kid, what I'd often do is afterwards, I knew that we could go raid the bread that was left over and just have a great, like, snack while my parents talked to everybody else. And so it didn't really have a lot of meaning. But tonight, I just want to unpack what it meant and what it still means. If you have a copy of the scriptures, in Matthew chapter 26, on the last night of Jesus' life, he gathered his disciples together in an upper room. And the entire city was on edge because people were wondering if Jesus was going to declare himself as the Messiah. He had just entered the city on a donkey, which is a messianic symbol. And then he cleared out the temple. And he's the most popular person in Israel at this moment. And he's also the most hated. And as he begins to journey to the cross, he tells them this in Matthew 26, verse 26. He says, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat this. This is my body. And then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to him and said, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Communion 
is a powerful symbol. In fact, it's two symbols in one. And these symbols mean that communion is ultimately about the person and the promise of Jesus. So the first symbol is the bread. And it symbolizes Jesus' personhood, who he is. Jesus said to his disciples, take it and eat it. And in doing so, he fulfills a promise that God had been giving for centuries. You see, one of the greatest symbols in the scriptures is the symbol of bread that all of us, every single person who's ever lived, is desperately hungry. We are looking for something to satisfy us, to satisfy the deepest desires of our heart. And we will look to be satisfied in anything that we think will make us finally be at peace. And so God gives us the image of bread throughout the Bible. First, when it comes to the miracle of manna, where God allowed the people of Israel to avoid starvation by providing bread every morning. Later, Jesus takes a few fish and a few loaves and then feeds an entire crowd and then declares, I'm the bread of heaven. I'm the fulfillment of the promise that God gave in the wilderness with Moses in the form of manna. And here now, on the last night of his life, he says, I'm the ultimate fulfillment of your heart's desire. In me, you will find true satisfaction. And tonight, when you take the bread, I want you to think about what Jesus offers you. He offers you a true identity, a true way of being satisfied in him. But it doesn't just end there. It begins there. Because the juice, the wine, is another powerful symbol. And the symbol is God's promise for you. Look with me in the scriptures again. He says this in verse 27. He says, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. You know, a lot of us miss this because we're not Jewish and we didn't live back in Jesus' day. But what he's doing here is he's drawing on engagement language. Some of you got engaged recently. So you know what that's like. Some of you already are like preparing to get engaged. You've got that ring already. It's burning a hole in your pocket. So others of you remember being engaged at one point. You remember how anxious you were and how you like didn't say it right. So you understand just how much uh, expectation there is in an engagement. But in Jesus' day, they didn't get engaged using a diamond or a wedding ring. What they would do is they would bring a glass of wine to the bride, and they would say these words. They say, this is a covenant in my blood that I'm offering you. Same words Jesus used. And the bride would choose to either accept or reject the proposal by taking that glass of wine and drinking it. And when she did, it was as if they were married. And Jesus is offering you that same kind of promise. He says, I'm not just offering you bread. I'm offering you wine, which means I will never leave you or forsake you. And then went and proved it on the cross. So how do you respond to that? We respond with gratitude, saying, Jesus, thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you for giving yourself for me. Thank you for giving me what I could never earn on my own. Thank you for giving me hope beyond the grave. Thank you. I want to just point something out to you tonight as you look at the text. I think it is amazing that Jesus, in verse 27, takes the cup and then does what? He gives thanks. Jesus thanked God for the opportunity to bring his children home. Jesus thanked God for the opportunity to go to the cross. Jesus is grateful. So how could we be anything but that? We're going to close out tonight by taking communion, the Lord's Supper. Across the front of this room, there are uh, tables with juice and bread. And for those of you who are followers of Jesus, we invite you when the music begins to play to come down and take some of the bread and dip it in the juice. Now make sure you don't put your fingers in it because that's gross, okay? Um, But we want to do that as a community saying we are all in this together. Now, um, one of the things I think is important for us is to express our gratitude. And I am a guy, so I have like no feelings. It's really hard for me to, to really like dive deep. I think that's why God gave me daughters because he's taught me a lot about feeling things. Um, before, the only two feelings I ever had was being hungry or being uh, okay. And those were the two things I could feel. I was either hungry or I was like, okay. But God has now taught me all kinds of things like, like being sad or feeling moody. Like there are all kinds of new, new uh, feelings that I've felt. But one of the things that's helped me understand how I'm feeling and to express how I'm feeling is to write it down. And tonight, as we express our gratitude, we wanted to make space for you to do that. So on every table, there are little cards We call them prayer tags, and there are pens, and we want to invite you to write a note to Jesus before you receive communion. Take a moment and just say thank you. This is between you and the Lord. And as the music begins to play, bring it up with you to the table, and there's a a little basket you can drop it in. And we just want to make you have a space where you can just be still and hear God's voice and just respond to what Jesus did for you. Now, I want to speak to some in the room who are like, man, listen, I've been in church my whole life. I don't know if I have anything to say. It's my first time here. I've gone to church my whole life. I've never really known Jesus. Maybe the first thing you need to do is simply ask him, to show himself to you in a real way tonight. To say, Jesus, I want to experience what you said about yourself. I want to know you. I want to have a way in. And your thank you is simply saying, Jesus, I'm in. Let me pray for us. Jesus, in this room, there are stories of people overcoming addiction. There are stories of people still in addiction, but believing that you are better. 
There's others who are feeling like they're on the best moment of their life. And then there's still others who are feeling like they're in the deepest valley. And in the middle of every situation that is in this room, you have proven yourself to be faithful. You have given yourself for us so that we could find life and hope. And as we look to the cross, we say, thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for dying. And thank you for living forevermore. It's in Jesus' name we pray.